All right, y'all. So, yes, uh, Facebook Live has been buzzing. As we know, Chicago has been buzzing with some not-so-great news. And uh, we were talking about the trust in police. Marie Thies, then we're going to get to my amazing guest, Trevor Manley. He says, some of the reasons for not trusting the police, I understand. But some of that comes from people who have done wrong. I agree. I agree. It comes from the people that's out here doing wrong. I don't trust police. Okay. But you're doing the stuff. Richard Robertson said, how many of them to go just as hard on the murders and drugs in our neighborhoods? Protest that. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Richard, for the compliment. I was, I have to mind when I'm getting ready to read. Somebody say, okay, I, I appreciate y'all for showing me love on Facebook Live. I thank y'all for that. I just try to bring great content while looking great. All right. We're going to keep it moving <laughs> tonight. It's a hey, dress for where you at. You know, we talked about you, this. Dress for where you're going. You dress for where you're going, not for where you are. Melody came here today. She was looking real cute. Melody's man, Cooper had on I had to turn around. I was like, okay. You saw the deal. Yeah. Like, okay, boss lady. I see you. Floral. I see you, boss lady. Yeah, looking cute. <laughs> yes, and, and you know, um, again, this neighborhood, I spent some time in Inglewood with my grandmother who celebrated 82 years. A beautiful lady, Laverne Carpenter. Inglewood is a neighborhood that is really near and dear to my heart. Um, and I believe it's one of the communities we say is underserved. One of the a great organization is doing some things of serving the Inglewood community with great resources. We talked to them before, and I am so excited to have the great people of Agro. Now, you know school is starting back. Now we know that. The kids are going back to school. So there are some things for them um, you know, that what what are they going to be doing? In the meantime, that's what a lot of people want to know to fill the gaps. Because one thing, are the kids really doing this to take home stuff? Are they doing it? And how to keep them involved and engaged. And so one of the groups I know that is doing it is I Grow Chicago. And I'm so excited to talk with them tonight. And I have my girl. She's a friend to the show, Zelda Mayer. She is the Director of Development for I Grow Chicago, IGC as they call it. What's going on, Zelda? How you doing? I'm well. Thank you for having me. How are you? I am good. So you've heard a lot of conversations since you've been on hold. How, how are you feeling today with everything <laughs> that's going on? Um, I think it what is happening now really just shows the importance of investing in people and investing in community. And we're seeing time and time again um, that nothing is really going to change until we value the people who live in the city mm-hmm. um, and invest in the communities that have been disinvested for so many years. I agree with that wholeheartedly, um, Zelda. And I think what happens is, and I, I posted something on social media earlier, and I said that I'm I'm upset, but what I'll keep doing is uplifting my community. You know, it's all it's one exactly. thing. Yeah, it's one thing to get upset, but then what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? And one of my platforms is to spread the message on the airwaves, but outside of that, me doing community services on the side as well. So. I grow Chicago. Um, I love what you all are doing, but I really love what you just said, Zelda. We have to really invest, and it starts It starts at home in the neighborhoods. It does. It I, absolutely does, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, we are based actually in the same neighborhood that is in the news today um, because of the police shooting. Um, and, right, we are seeing such a disruption of of these past decades and centuries of racism Uh and disinvestment and it's really now the time to bring resources to our communities Um, and you know I came on earlier and talked about COVID um, a few months ago and really we're seeing the same thing now with our schooling that we saw with COVID, which is that consistently the distribution of resources and who gets support 
is just not equitable in our city. Um, Mm -hmm. And our students have been saying to us that they are not able to complete e-learning, that so many of our high schoolers say that they're just going to drop out, um, that the home environment, because we have overcrowded homes with too many people and not enough resources, because we don't have internet, all of these barriers mean that our students are not getting the support they need to learn and are now going into the world and expected to compete with people who have the most resources in the world. Um, And Tiger Chicago is really here to try to fill that gap um, and really to support our community in everything that they need to not just survive, but to really thrive. And, and as I listen to you, Zelda, and we um, you talked about the neighborhood that I grow Chicago is in there in Inglewood. So we know what happened on 57th and, and Racine yesterday, which which people say allegedly led to what's happening, um, what happened over the evening. And people are still, I believe, looting as we speak. That's what I've gotten reports about that. Hopefully not. But I listening to you Zelda to say with the e-learning and how you all are providing resources for people to do it it totally went over my head and this is because you think that people have things that they don't even have internet at home to do e-learning that right there right wow yeah we surveyed our community and you know 70 percent of the people we work with don't have internet and this was before the pandemic um and not only that but you know, these barriers can be taken in isolation because before the pandemic, you know, 90% of the children we work with have heard gunshots, mm-hmm. 85% have witnessed the shooting, and almost all of our kids also reported that they worry about their families. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not a burden that our kids should have. Mm-hmm. So when we think about what are the challenges during COVID and during this time of social unrest for our students? They were already coming in with the weight of the world on their shoulders. And now we're kind of just stacking more barriers on top of them. Um, and so we have, we have to recognize what our students were coming in with the, in the first place right. and how much support is actually needed to make sure that they're successful. And, you know, again, when you first came on the show with me, uh, like you said, a couple of months ago, we were talking, it was the onset of COVID and, and what, mm-hmm. you, what you all were doing to help out in the community, even providing PPE and, you know, the face mask and everything. Now, a whole nother situation of schooling because <laughs> it's just like, oh, my gosh. And that's and, and you don't think about it, but these kids are missing out on their education. And you've actually heard some of them say, I'm going to drop out because I don't have access to things. That's right. Wow. Yeah, especially our high schoolers. Um, and and it makes total sense, right, if you're not getting the resources and support you need um, and you're not in an environment that supports learning and supports your education and your success, mm-hmm. um, you know, what else is your option? And so really what we are trying to do is to help bridge that gap for our students. Okay. So we have committed to supporting 36 to 40 students um, throughout the entire school year with a hybrid learning program. Mm. Um, we, we, yeah, we are all based out of a residential block in Englewood, and we have renovated three abandoned homes from the community um, that we are going to be using 
um, to segment our kids in kind of socially distanced groups by age group, elementary school, middle school, and high school, um, so that they have a place that they can go and have internet Mm -hmm. and work with tutors and have someone advocate for them. Um, And we've actually brought on someone full-time to support with coordinating between the schools and the school social workers and the families and the tutors. Um, Because another thing that we know is that the implementation of e-learning might really differ from school to school or even from classroom to classroom. Um, And some of our schools have more resources. They maybe have a social worker on staff, but one of the schools we work with has a social worker that comes every other Friday. Wow. Right. So in Englewood, in Englewood. Yeah. And so the, the difference even from school to school within Englewood can be really different. And so, um, in order to make sure that all of our families get the support that they need, we really had to bring someone on to be completely focused on our students. Um, and so that's really, we know that our kids need a place where they can go mm-hmm. um, and and be safe and have support. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and as I listened to you, Zelda, um, you said that the, you all have taken over three abandoned homes in, on a, mm-hmm. in an Inglewood community and are allowing how many? So per hybrid learning, each class, like you got the elementary, middle and high school students, how many mm-hmm. will be? Is it just the, is it topped at 40 that can register for this program or how how does that work? Right. We are we are really committed to the families that are in our um, five block radius. Mm-hmm. So we've been working with some of the same kids for the past six years. And really, we are trying to kind of follow our families, okay. you know, from baby to elder. Yeah. Um, right. So each of our, you know, families, it's a, it's a little bit of a complex structure that we've had to build out because of COVID and safety guidelines. So we're segmenting the kids into groups of six so that we can maintain social distancing and, and wear masks at all times mm-hmm. um, and each of the group of six will be matched with kind of an advocate uh, who works with mm-hmm. them um, and so we're kind of in order to have the six groups of six about um, in the three houses they're kind of having two days per group where they can come in in person to really get support and also to have some kind of social em- emotional learning components and you know, some of the time I think we'll really just be checking in and maybe drawing or doing some yoga or just making TikTok videos together and laughing and having a form of social connection that's Mm -hmm. healthy and supportive. uh, Because one thing that we really found with COVID is how isolating it is across the board. With everybody. (laughs) We don't have internet. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and you don't even think about that again, um, because it's just certain things that we take for granted. And shout out to like companies, even I I, I, I will mention them, AT&T, where they offer you low cost, like $10 a month internet if you have Mm -hmm. like, um, EBT or something like that, or you can get discounted. So there are things out there, but again, it's the lack of knowledge, lack of access to the knowledge. But what I love that I grow Chicago is you all are in the community. You're not just saying, Oh, let's go help out the community. Now you in it, you in the trenches, mm-hmm. you in Inglewood. Mm-hmm. And what you just brought up with the internet is such a good point because there are resources out there. And what we have really found is that it's about accessing the resources and right. what are those barriers to accessing 
So we had one family, for example, that came to us, um, and they were eligible to get Internet support for free Internet from CPS. Um, And they got this whole package and form in the mail. And that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But actually, they couldn't read. And so they had to come to us and say, hey, I can't read this. Can you read this for me and help me fill out this form so that I can get support for my kids? Mm. Um, And so I think, you know, when a lot of these resources are created, unless, like you said, you know, you really are in the community and talking to people about what they need We can make these resources and put a neat bow on it and think that we're helping. Right. (laughs) But but we're not we have to think through what is that lived experience of accessing the resources and what are people coming in with? What are the challenges people have? Um, You know, we're also seeing a huge um, influx of, you know, people who don't speak English as their first language Mm -hmm. in the community. And so that's another thing that we have to really help people navigate is you know, overcoming language barriers to be able to access services. Well, because, too, Inglewood is a melting pot getting there, right? It's like Hispanic community, right, in Inglewood, some parts. Am I right about that? Yeah, especially yeah. in West Inglewood, where we're based. Um, the community demographics are, are really changing, and so we have to meet everybody's needs in the community. Yeah, yeah. And, um, again, meeting the needs is 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 very important and and what I want to because I like how you said that the therapist does come in mental health therapist does come into schools because Zelda do you think and as you're in the community we talk about this that there's a mental health thing you're around a lot of the younger people a lot more than I am um and 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 correct me if I'm wrong if you aren't if if but I I believe you are with um Mm -hmm. what you all do in the community is there a mental health crisis going on because like what happened over the weekend it should have happened like it's, 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 it's oh god yeah <laughs> yeah and and really like i said when we look at what the barriers people were coming into this crisis with mm-hmm. and now you know covid and all of the social unrest and the the hurt of the economy from covid it's exacerbating what was already there yeah. so in our community we've seen a huge increase in addiction for example Um, We've seen a huge increase in suicidal ideation, and we actually had to bring on a clinical social worker, um, licensed therapist during this time because we just really recognized that the level of support we were offering, Mm -hmm. we needed way more help. (laughs) Yeah. and. And we even saw it with our younger kids, you know, not even just teenagers and adults. during the spring when we first had to go into shelter in place, we switched our in-person after school program into a a remote tutoring program. And so we had, um, we were calling all of our kids every day and just Mm. checking in and reading with them and supporting. And we had a a clinical intern from Adler university at the time, and she had to develop an entire anxiety and depression protocol because of the needs of other kids. The kids were so scared did not know what was happening. So many misconceptions of what this virus are, um, virus is, and and really just was, was isolated. Didn't couldn't see their friends anymore. Couldn't go to school. Maybe home life wasn't the best. We saw our kids got really depressed, and um, hmm. that's actually so much of what led us to 
figuring out what safety protocols we really needed to have in place to run an in-person summer camp. Um, and so we're in our six weeks. How, how is the summer uh, camp going? Our- yeah, because I know we were talking about that. It was a start of it. How is it going? Uh, it's so beautiful. I'm really, I'm really happy that we're we're running it. And we, we had to do the same kind of thing of splitting our kids into groups outside so that we could um, maintain so safe distancing. And um, we had to split up the groups um, of kids based on who they were already in contact with. So we mm-hmm. kept families together. We segmented by blocks of where our kids lived. Um, so we did our best to really try to limit exposure and make it as safe as possible for a virus. And really what we saw in the community already um, was our kids were already outside. You know, Mm -hmm. our kids were already in the street. So we really just needed to find a way to give a safer way for them to be engaged instead of just hanging out on the block. (laughs) Um, Wow. If you're, right, right quick, Zelda, because no, I don't want you to lose your point, but if, because I like that, I want to get back to instead of them just hanging out on the block because that's what happens. But if you're just mm-hmm. tuning in, I'm talking to the beautiful Zelda Mayer. She's the director of development for I Grow Chicago, and they have a great program to help kids um, as we go into <laughs> e-learning, basically, if you will. They are going to be digital. And I want, and I want to ask you a question, um, and I, I don't want you to lose your point about the programming to get the kids off the street and into something better. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, and, and, and this will follow that question too. Do you think e-learning is, do, I, do they have to check in, Zelda? Is it effective is my question? Cause I know kids, you know, it's hard to get them to focus on one thing. So how effective do you think that the e-learning will be? What, is that what it is? Is it e-learning where they're not? Right. Yeah. yeah. I think the remote program. Remote. Yeah. Remote a, learning. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a really tough situation in terms of balancing all of the needs of, of safety and education because, mm-hmm. you know, we know that no kid, no matter you know where they're from, um, does really best in that kind of learning environment. Right. You know, kids, kids are social. You know, we, I think sometimes we forget that school is so much more than education. School is about developing, you know, social bonds. It's about the ethics and morals that you learn. It's mm-hmm. about nurturing your creativity. It's about playing. It's about running around and moving your body. There's so much more that a kid gets out of school right. than, you know, learning timetables. And not to dismiss the importance of that, but school is more than the education component. I agree. And our kids are really going to be losing that, especially, I think. And on top of that, it's just not, you know, the best way for kids to learn. I don't think so, Elder. I don't think so. I don't, but, but, and, mm. and, yeah, we can't dismiss the safety, you know. It would also be really irresponsible to bring all of our kids back without the proper safety protocols and support. So, mm. In many ways, unless we get a massive shift in where we're devoting our resources and how we are structuring the distribution of resources in our city and country, neither of the solutions are really in the best interest of our kids. Of the kids. Are really supportive. And right. but our, our officials looking at that because I understand they don't want them to be in because of COVID. We see what happened in Georgia. They sent the kids to school. We mm-hmm. got COVID cases. They can't go into the buildings. But that's what I like that you all are doing with iGirl Chicago is providing the alternative. And I really 
I'm putting a call on other organizations to do something like this. Everybody got a nonprofit now. Do something. Forgive me. I don't know. I might ruffle some feathers with it, but this is what I'm talking about. Do something because you all are providing the resources for kids to be in an environment mm-hmm. because it's like homeschooling. I don't mm-hmm. really agree with homeschooling, but I can understand why some people do it, but you're losing the, the social skills, if you will, mm-hmm. of being around people. So. And that's what a lot of affluent families are starting to do is is figure out ways to homeschool their children as an alternative option to e-learning and and CPS. Mm -hmm. And so what we're really kind of trying to figure out in our support program is how we can offer a little bit of that kind of experience that the more affluent kids in the Chicago area are getting Mm -hmm. um, for our community. Right. What are the kids doing when they're homeschooling? Well, they're probably meeting with their small groups of neighbors and they're doing creative projects. Right. And they're cooking together and they're making art together. And that's the component that we really need to supplement the e-learning program with and offer to our kids so that they still have healthy socialization and a way to be creative and play um, and just know that they've got a space to be safe. Um, I love the safeness is, is the big big thing. we got a caller, Zelda. I want to take um, a caller calling in to talk about this. First, I want to get a Facebook Live comment. So me and you, Zelda, we always have good conversations. Uh, Gail Lofton, she said, it's so sad to hear about the digital divide in our community. We need to educate our children by any means necessary. What do you think about that, Zelda? I completely agree. Um, and I I always kind of think that if we made our core goal in every policy that we made across the board, the wellness of our children, and we just asked, how are our children? Are they safe and are they well? It would completely change everything about the structure and policies of this city. Yes, I agree with that. I totally agree. It's about uh, just, there is just the division. So I want to um, get to our caller. We have John calling in from Florida. Are you cool with the, taking the caller, Zelda? Absolutely. All right. John, how you doing this evening, brother? Good evening, Samantha, and uh, good evening to your guests, too. Um, you know, you brought up a topic that's dear to me. I, I think I can say to your guests I agree with some of the avenues and topics that she's talking about. Uh, virtual reality, Zoom, anyway, all the technologies are there in front of these kids to teach them at home. I'm not in favor of bringing these kids back to school. This is not the time when a serious virus. Do you put the lives of our kids over bringing these kids into school where they can pick up the virus and come home and, and bring it to their parents? I think all the technology online, teachers can teach right from home, teach these kids. It's all in front of them if they use it. And, I, and one element, I don't know if your guest is familiar with that book that came out, Black History 365. Um, it's a hot book right now. They, they launched the book last month, and now they're doing a core curriculum around the world. Look that book up, Black History 365. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an important element of black history that these kids are supposed to learn. So I'm in favor. I agree with what she's saying. I just think um, personally that bringing them back to school is not a, not a good avenue. Virtual reality, Zoom, any what kind of way you can use the technology to tool our kids and prepare them for the future, all the technology is there. Wow. All right, John. Thank you for that call, John. Zell, anything you would like to say to what John said? 
Thank you so much for your call. I absolutely agree with you. Large groups of kids without the resources and safety measures just would not work. And we have seen that in other states that have tried to open. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really, you know, it kind of goes back to the conversation that we were having about there are resources and there are methods and people are figuring this out. So how do we make our kids successful in doing that? Um, we know that remote learning is what we have to do in this circumstance in these imperfect times. So how do we really make sure that our kids are getting support? You know, part of what we are doing is we're sponsoring 40 laptops for our kids because um, our kids are getting laptops issued from CPS, but they have said to us, that they're so blocked from, you know, the kids' safety measures. They can't use that anything on there. Yeah. They can't use anything. They, we, you know, we, during summer camp, we're giving them projects to do, things like, you know, looking up black history and, and looking, you know, famous speakers and writers up. And they were saying, well, a lot of the websites we're trying to look at are blocked or the games on the computer that come with the computer are blocked. And so part of making e-learning accessible is also making e-learning exciting and fun because kids are kids and they want to have fun. So part of it is helping our kids download learning games and be able to play games and go onto YouTube and do their own research and, and use computers as a tool, not as a punishment. Um, And that is a really important part of, I think, making e-learning successful. You know, and because I, I, this e-learning to me, I don't know. I know is what we have to do right now, but again, having the access to a community base. So you all are giving the kids, you got 40 computers. That is, wow. Wow. So the computers, I said, are you sure? Because I think I thought I heard something. I'm sure just trying to make sure you're still on the line with me. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, but I just, I think that um, this again in the community, because we got a lot of people chiming in on Facebook live. We got Richard Robinson. He says back to school, free computer diagnostic and repair, but you have to pay for parts. Do you have to pay for repair? Okay. Oh, this is a company that he's trying to promote. Okay. So anyway, that's good. <laughs> Shout out to you. I understand. Hey, get your business out there the best way you can. But I just think that, um, again, this remote learning, it's going to be interesting to see. So how will it be set up with you all while I grow Chicago? You got the houses, the three different houses that you all are going to be in. Is it going to be, is divided by elementary, middle, and high school, each house? That's right. So we okay. have three houses. Um, we're doing a hybrid program. So we'll be doing some remote support and some in-person support. Um, All of our in-person support will be segmented into small, socially distanced groups. Okay. Um, We'll be wearing masks the whole time. It will be um, one to two adults for every group of six. And we'll be um, taking turns on the days so that every group gets to meet in person at least twice a week. And then we will also have tutors um, connecting with the kids every single day to make sure that their ear learning is working for them, that they're not having problems with their internet or things like that. Um, and then in addition to that, we have a full-time person on staff who will be really coordinating with the principals, teachers, um, social workers, and families to make sure that any of the support that the kids need, whether it's basic needs sponsorship, food, clothing, internet, or tech support, Um, If they're having behavioral issues, working with that school social worker, um, just making sure that none of our kids are falling through the gaps. 
falling through the gap is a big thing. Um, and as I was out and about, you know, and I don't know what happens. And I know we, we say one of the underserved communities of Chicago, but I think Inglewood gets a, a lot of service. You know, when do we stop using that word, Zelda? When do you think that it will, will it ever be stopped, the underserved? I think that we really need to move away from the model of service and charity into a model of investment and building empowerment and collective power, Um, because you're right, you know, there are services, um, you know, in some ways not enough, but I think it's really about how do we invest in the community long term and equip our residents so that you know, everything is really by and for our community. And that's been a really big part of Iger Chicago is, you know, our program staff, the majority do come from Englewood because mm-hmm. it's really not just about offering the service to our kids. It's also making sure that the adults have employment right. and that our parents are supported and that we're building a healthy community because, you know, ultimately, Iger Chicago, we want to go out of business. We do not want to be needed forever and ever. We don't want to be a Band-Aid. You know, we need to be healing the root causes of these issues. I agree with that. It's, it, and, and then, like you said, the root causes, because what I think happens is, you know, and it's okay to, and I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's okay to come do the food drives and stuff like that. But I like how you all are just in the community and and, and constantly doing things. And I love even just the outer the aldermen's um you know and they do what they can shout out to stephanie coleman i believe she's is she in your district stephanie um raymond lopez is our direct friend but yeah stephanie's near us Mm -hmm. okay yeah uh stephanie she'll she'll actually be here this week so i'm excited about that to have her in because even um everything going on in inglewood and and you're on the you know what happened yesterday, Zelda. So have you, mm-hmm. do the kids come and talk to you all? Do the adults come and talk to you all about how they're feeling too over at I Grow Chicago? Do they just, you know, is it an open door policy to just come in and talk with you? Yeah, we, we really took today to get a pulse on the community and how the community is feeling. And really what we saw is almost that even feeling the level of pain and hurt from this, um, is a privilege, right? We talked to so many people who are really just focused on how do I get enough food for the night? How I need a job. Mm-hmm. My kids, where my what's my kids going to do for the fall? There's so much more on top yeah. of this incident that um, you know really puts people in survival mode. Even we had a, a community healing circle last Wednesday, wow. and one of our neighbors said something that really struck me. That was caring and being afraid of COVID is a privilege. You know, she said, I'm trying to feed my five kids. My, the babies are getting shot on the street every night. We are just trying to survive and make it to the next day. And we really saw that with this incident from yesterday too, that it is just another component of the really harsh reality that we have made in this city um, that we do not have to have in this city either we don't you know and it's just unfortunate but she said the covid she's thankful for it because wow that's wow that's just even disheartening to hear but i like how you said you all took today you know to 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 get a pulse but even last week having the healing circle and then this happens on sunday it's just like oh my gosh when you know i don't know Mm -hmm. When does it end? When do we 
It won't. I think we have to focus on the wins because sometimes it feels like the problems in this city and this world is an endless pit. On the worst of days, I say that it feels like we're digging out of an endless pit with a plastic spoon. (laughs) Right, and it's it's breaking every time you scoop something. Exactly, it's a spork or something. A spork, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But really, I think we have to focus on. Where are we able to make a difference? Right. You know, okay, one kid today had a success. You know, we had in camp last week, one of our campers, instead of hitting someone when they upset them, mm-hmm. came to an adult and asked for help. That oh, is wow. a huge win, That's right? a win. Yeah, that's, that's a win. That's a win. And we have to really count our wins. And then I think we have to own the power that we do have, right? Mm-hmm. So we do have the power. If you have money, you can donate. You know, if you have time, you can volunteer. If you have ideas or resources, if you have a business you're connected to, you can partner. There's so much that each person can do. And if we each do what we can and we are really committed to our children, mm-hmm. we can change this. I think we can. Real talk, Zelda, I think we can. And we always say it starts at home. It starts with the youth. And hearing mm-hmm. that you said that that kid, instead of hitting that other person back, which in the streets, as they get older, carrying that aggression, it would have been, mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot you back, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't have told an adult, meaning that you all have mm-hmm. planted the seed of change in that child, mm-hmm. which, you know, hopefully even hearing that could help some adults mm-hmm. with that aggression. Mm-hmm. And if they're listening, mm-hmm. because that's all it is, is pent up aggression. And if it, that, right. that was a good story. So I know it was like even one of your, let me throw that in there, you know, but you wanted to let me know. We didn't plan on even going there, but that right there to me, that shows the change and the wins, like you said. That's the wins. Mm-hmm. And we just need more and more moments of those wins, and the tides will just turn. And, and it will take a lot of hard work and a lot of investment of time and energy and resources and money. Right. Um, but that is possible. And, and if we lose hope, you know, the, hopelessness is a tool of the oppressor, as they it say, is. right? Like, we have to maintain hope, and then we have to put action behind that hope. Uh, action action behind the hope and one mm-hmm. thing that you all are doing at i grow chicago on 64th and honorary is doing the action and again we were talking about um how you all have even been working on this plan before of getting the um the the learning you know the gap in the learning if, in case we didn't go back to school so what i do love um again as i'm reading off some of the bullet points that filling the gap in the remote situations with remote learning and i love the after school fund the cooking and the yoga because that those are things that they used to do that my mother said in 4h now they stopped 4h when i was a kid mm-hmm. too but we did have like after school no, I don't even know if they still do those types of things, but I don't know. I, I love what you all are doing. and um, Thank you. Yeah, and um, we have Facebook Live. Gail, she says she loves the holistic approach you all are taking. What are the organizations, what are your success indicators, and could this be replicated in other neighborhoods? Exactly what I want to know because I said it earlier, everybody got an organization, but can do you think this is something that could be replicated? Or, you know, do you invite other people to do something like what you all are doing at iGrow? Absolutely. Um, you know, one of our biggest goals is to really help develop a model that we can share. And, you know, we have one of our guys in the block says, if there was a peace house for every McDonald's, we'd have mm. a different world. Wow. And we're not going to be able, as iGrow Chicago, to make a peace house for every McDonald's. But if every single neighborhood had even 
you know, five people, a group of friends that decided, let's do a peace house in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We'd have an entirely different city even. Um, yeah. And so I think it absolutely can be replicated. And it really is about, you know, investing in community with love and and non-judgment. And, and that sounds kind of frou-frou, that sounds kind mm-hmm. of vague, but, you know, love really is a tactic and a strategy and a metric and you can say you know we painted above our peace house stores the very first day that we bought this abandoned house if in doubt love Mm. and that is our approach and uh, that's how we measure success in so many ways is that people tag in and come and and and, you know, we have people coming to our events and mm-hmm. reaching out and and we have a network of people. People come and they said, I heard about you in jail and everyone's oh, talking wow. about you. Wow. Right. And I think that's so much of how we measure success. But, you know, in particular for our kids programming, we are going to be really looking at, you know, do our kids stay engaged throughout the school year mm-hmm. you know we are going to be really looking at let's keep our kids from dropping out right let's keep our kids from getting you know suspended or any sort of behavioral issues discouraged our too. Kids yeah. engaged and discouraged right like let's make sure that our kids are still tuning in and really engaging and you know i'd love to say oh you know we're going to make sure all our kids get a pluses, mm-hmm. right? But in so many ways, that's not where our community's at. Our yeah, community is at a level of needing to be able to even show up. Come and on. so we're going to really be making sure our kids showing up and able to show up every day. Well, like you said, investing in our community mm-hmm. with love and non-judgment and not talking mm-hmm. at people, but meeting them where they are and bringing them to mm-hmm. another level. So I always mm-hmm. say, people, you got to meet people where they at. Yeah, meet people where they are, but bring them to another level if you can. You know, a, right. a, a, yeah, because, you know, it's mm-hmm. cool to meet people where they are, but I don't think you want them to stay there, especially if you want to mm-hmm. see them grow. I just. Yeah, in our summer camp, uh, our theme for the summer was Black Excellence. And wow. so we brought in all these different speakers and artists and people from the community to really show our kids visions of Black Excellence. And we studied different artists and poets. And they created their own forms of expression. Mm-hmm. And it really was about, you know, let's show our kids all the beauty that they can be. Yes. And and our kids should not feel that they are limited or that they are, you know, so many of our, especially our teenagers, feel like they are prescribed to one path and mm-hmm. that it is kind of certain death. Mm-hmm. And that hopelessness right there that is what we really have to work against is really helping our children not only feel that they are valuable right but also feel valued and valued by everyone in their life and and from their school and from excuse me society as a whole Mm -hmm. you know that's why i keep saying invest in community investing community invest in community right because you know the block we work on is a third vacant lots, a third vacant homes, and a third occupied. Well, wow. what do you think that does to the kids who live on that block to see Everything. vacant homes and vacant lots? How do you, how valuable does that make someone feel? And so, so much of this is about investing in people and investing in community mm-hmm. because that is how we show 
this isn't just talk. You know, if in doubt, love means putting our money where our mouth is by making sure that you have resources because your life is so valuable that we need to invest in it. Zelda Mayer, that is so true. We have Richard um, Robinson on Facebook Live. He said being a mentor is the best investment we can make in our children. And I think that is a... You know, you all over Absolutely. it. Exactly. At, at I Grow Chicago, you all are mentors as well as, you know, teammates to the kids and helping them to, like you said, seeing what they can be. And I love the whole black excellence theme for the summer camp. I know when we first talked a couple of months ago, you all were just starting the summer camp. And I'm happy to hear that it's going mm-hmm. good. Um, how can people, you know, get involved with what you all are doing over at I Grow Chicago? Is it closed off for the um, the, pro- the learning program? To, for them to enter or to, you know, for people in the Inglewood neighborhood to register? Enrollment is kind of at capacity, unfortunately, um, which is why we say, please, everyone else, start your own peace house. Real <laughs> talk. We yeah. need more of them. Um, but really, you know, to help support this initiative, um, I can say it again, invest in community. Please donate. Um, this program is going to run us for the nine months of the school year about $150,000, which is about um, $3,000 per child. Um, so we really need support, you know, please go to igrochicago.org slash donate. Um, you can also donate, you know, donate laptops, donate books. Um, if you have some supplies and you think that we could use them, please reach out, you know, donations don't always have to be money, although money really, really helps. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and follow us on, on Facebook and Instagram. Go to our website and, and you know, get involved and, and sign up for our newsletter and, and join our community uh, because there's so many ways that everyone can contribute. And, you know, like we said earlier, if we all contribute what we can, mm-hmm. we're going to have a different world. I agree with that. And like you said, people starting their own peace houses, do you recommend that they do it? Are you all, like, having people under eye grow or just kind of start their own peace house on their own? Oh, no, no, we're, yeah, we're not there. Like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you, you know, everyone, I think, can come and, and learn from us and, and see, you know, and everyone also has different gifts. You know, you don't have to do our model. You can also, you know, just talk to the community that you're a part of and see what's needed because really that is our model, right? It's just mm-hmm. asking what's needed and then doing our best to fill those needs. So, um, you know, it's a pretty simple model if we're being honest. It, it's simple yeah. <laughs> and also really hard, but but it's pretty simple in its ideas. <laughs> I love it, Zelda. So I, my, my question is because I love what you said about the donations, which um, laptop supplies, what kind of supplies would you all be looking for and what kind of books? Yeah, um, we're really looking for books written by and for black people, you know, celebrating black excellence, um, black authors. Um, We are really looking for laptops and technology support in general. Um, We are also in huge need of cleaning supplies because in order to run this hybrid program, we are going to be disinfecting like every five minutes and... (laughs) Um, it, it really is going to be a lot of cleaning supplies. Um, and, you know, also I'll just put it out there. We are uh, looking for a school bus so that we can help our kids with transportation. So if anyone out there just happens to no, be listening and has a bus. That's good. Um, hey, put it out you, there. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can go to our website, agrochicago.org, to find out a, a ton more information. And, and like I said, following us on social media is really the best way to stay up to date. And if you sign up for our mailing list, you know, we, we send out, um, you know, monthly and weekly emails, uh, depending on what you sign up for, to really stay connected to us and, and get involved. So please, please, please support our kids and, and get involved in any way that you can. Zelda Mayer, the Director of Development for IGC, iGrow Chicago. Check them out online, iGrowChicago.org, to see how you can help. I love that. Put that school bus out in the atmosphere, girl. You're going to you're gonna be rolling. You're going to be rolling. Stop. We just think if you, you put it out there, it will come. I agree with that. I agree. And also the cleaning supplies, putting a call to some people that I know out. If you're listening, cleaning supplies are needed for this e-learning. It's like the, when is this, when is it starting? Just so we'll know. We're going to start the week after um, school starts back up. So I believe that's the third week of September. Okay. And these will be just during regular school hours, like, what is it, 8 to like 2, 8 to 1? I don't even know anymore. What time is school? (laughs) What hours will it be? Yeah, we'll be checking in, I think, depending on the students remotely on what they need Mm -hmm. um, throughout the day. And then we'll be doing our kind of after-school support um, when they're out of e-learning. So it'll be a lot based on when the students are in their classroom sessions and, and when they're not. I love it. iGrow Chicago is filling the gap to support CPS's back-to-school plan. As we all know, it'll be remote learning for at least, um, I don't, how long is remote learning? Are they not even given a definite date on when it will end, right? We have planned to support the full school year. Come on. We're, yeah. Yes. <laughs> We don't know what will happen, but we know that we need to be ready for the whole school year. And this is why we need to support organizations like iGrow Chicago and Zelda. And I've I've had you on um, before, Zelda, because I believe in what you all are doing and I love what you all stand for. So I just don't have any. Of course, I just don't have anybody on here just to give lip service. You all are doing the service in the community. And that's what I love about iGrow Chicago. So. They said that, like I asked the question, is school going to be, Zelda said, well, we ready. We ready to take y'all to May. So May and June. So let's support organizations like I Grow Chicago, igrowchicago.org. Just like it sounds, the letter igrowchicago.org. Check them out. See how you can help. Hit that donate button. And like Zelda said, it doesn't always have to be money, even though. That right there can help keep things in motion. But even donating like books about black excellence, black authors, you know, shoot your books over there to them and get your books out there. You never know what might happen. That kid could pick up that book and one day call you and say, you saved my life. You just never know. You never know. So <laughs> this is um beautiful. Anything else you want to say, Zelda? Because you just made my evening. This was nice. This is so, so beautiful. Thank you for giving us a platform. And, yes. you know, we really just, I think need to really wrap around our kids. And I've been seeing um, some news articles that have been calling the generation of COVID the lost generation. Wow. And I think we have to refuse to have this be a lost generation. No, that's right. Zed. You said we got to refuse it. Don't even subscribe mm-hmm. to that. I don't like that. Exactly. Yeah, I don't like that. But uh, yeah, let's 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 change the narrative. And that's one thing that I Grow Chicago was doing is changing the narrative. Y'all, they on 64th and Honorary, right in the neighborhood. Support this organization doing great things for our kids, you know, and, and so they can grow up and 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 do great things for themselves and in the community, and in turn help their families to become better. Zelda Mayer, my girl, director of development for I Grow Chicago. 
you got to give me an update on things throughout the middle of the school year. Maybe I not. absolutely will. Yeah, <laughs> let's get you back. When is this fall? So maybe we get you. Well, it's summer. So maybe we'll talk back again in the winter to see how things are going. I would love that. And how that school bus? Because you're gonna get that school bus, and you're gonna they gonna say. I, I know. You. Just start praying for the school bus. I'll yes. keep you <laughs> Okay. Okay, Zelda, thank you so much for calling in. You have a great evening, sister, okay? I appreciate you. Have a good night. Thank you. All right, y'all. That was my girl, Zelda Mayer. She's a friend to the show here, Director of Development for iGrow Chicago IGC. Delvin, how dope are they? Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Yeah, like for real, what they're doing in Inglewood. And, you know, we talked about what happened on 57th. And she even said last week they had, um, what was that, a healing circle. But this was even before anything they're not waiting for stuff to happen. They're being preventative, which is something that I, I really wholeheartedly stand for, preventative doing in the communities. I'm so. trying to find her a school bus. Hold on a second. I know that's right. Come on, Delvin. Look at C. Yeah, because uh, let me see. Ooh. Look okay. at that. Look at this. Okay. Durham School Services mm-hmm. in Lyle. In Lyle, Illinois. They might donate it. They donated a, listen, they donated a school bus to the Cabrini Green Legal Group. Wow. So if if anybody is feeling charitable about a school bus, it might be Durham School Services Durham. in Lyle. Yes, Durham, like North Carolina, Durham oh. School Services. And, uh, yeah, been in, been in business since 1917. Okay. So uh, they've been around for a minute, but they're in Lyle, Illinois. And, uh, yeah, Durham School Service. Because that just hit me. I was like, she needs needs a bus. You know, And and they did it for Cabrini Green Legal Aid. They retrofitted the bus to fit them so they can have an office inside the bus so they they can travel within Cabrini Green. Wow. For people. So, yeah, so uh, Cabrini Green can do it. So can um so can I grow Chicago. So can Inglewood. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So, so can Inglewood. So Durham School Services. Give them a jingle in uh in Lyle. <laughs> See if they can uh it, yeah, I'll reach out to, to Lana's I mean I'm sorry, I'll reach out to Zelda's team mm-hmm. and uh, put that bug in their ear and about that because I think that would be awesome to um to have them this just as I mean, knowledge. Yeah, because I, I just that just affected me. When she said she needed a school bus, I believe that Chicago can stand behind positive people. And, yes. and this is one, Zelda is one of the most positive individuals that I know. She's been on the show before. Yes. So, yes, this is a, a worthwhile uh, cause. So, if people can support it, I believe they should support it. I believe. Delvin, thank you so much. I would definitely send that to her team, Durham School Services and Lyle. And if your team is still listening, Zelda, if you're still listening, reach out to them. So I think that'll be dope. Like Delvin said, they donated to the North over um, at Cabrini Green and bring it on the south side to Inglewood. Alvin, yeah, thank you so much for saying great conversation and how we're just making things to get better within the community 